Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope you got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. Curry drives on Brooks down the lane, shot up and into it. God, he got the roll. It hung on the cylinder, rolled around for a second. Brooks with a foul from behind, and Curry goes to the line, a chance for a three-point play. Well, another game where Steph Curry was trying to do the best he could to try and keep the Warriors in it, but yet another ugly first quarter. This maybe the ugliest of all as the Warriors trailed 48-28 after one. They would climb back into it to win the second and third quarters, and the Warriors had a shot in this one down seven going to the fourth quarter, but it's all Memphis in the fourth just as it was all Memphis in the first, and it turns out to be a blowout victory for the Grizzlies in a game where the Warriors never had the lead. 131-110 to is the final as we welcome you inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson with you here for the next hour or so on the game, 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text here as the Warriors go 0-3 on the road trip after the 5-0 homestand. So the Warriors, for the first time all year, able to get to four games over 500. They worked hard and scratched and clawed their way on the homestand to get to that point. Suddenly in control of their own destiny for the fifth seed in the Western Conference, and they go on the road, and it is just as ugly as it's been at any point all season with the three consecutive losses. Now the third one to the Grizzlies, who are playing without multiple starters in this one, including John Morant, no Stephen Adams for the Grizzlies, and it didn't even matter. Uh, just uh, And I rarely say this, but this was, a, this was a gutless effort tonight for the Warriors. It really was. You give up 48 points to a team starting Tyus Jones, Desmond Bain, Xavier Tillman, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Dylan Brooks. And that's just a joke. Uh, as a defending champion, as a team that's trying to claw their way to a play-in scenario or avoid the play-in to get to a top-six spot, it really doesn't matter any way you slice it. But to chase the 40-point defensive effort against OKC the other night after a couple of days spent just flat-out talking about how the defense has to be better and then to allow 48 uh, on top of the 40 after the 33-18 first quarter in Los Angeles – and this Warriors team just has no answer right now at all for any of the things that have plagued them throughout the entirety of this regular season. And so it is eight consecutive games now for the Warriors dropped on the road and now 34 and 33 uh, after the, the five game home winning streak. It's back to one game over 500. The next two are back at chase, which is the good news. The bad news is, though, the next five after that and eight still 
of the remaining 15 are on the road for the Warriors, and you're playing the Bucks and the Suns, two of the best teams in the NBA, these next two. And so the Warriors wind up now tied for sixth at the close of business tonight. Sacramento's playing the Knicks. That's the lone game still on the schedule tonight. Kings off to an early lead in that one over the Knicks, that game in Sacramento. But you can forget about catching the Kings if, if you're the Warriors. So at this point, that game is irrelevant to them because the Warriors find themselves in this mix now with the Clippers who passed them tonight at 35-33. and 33. Minnesota and Dallas both have the exact same record as the Warriors, 34 and 33. So that 6 7 8 all tied with the Warriors currently having the tiebreaker over both. And so they would take the sixth spot if the season ended today. But now you're closer to being out completely of the playoffs than you are to being, say, fourth at this point. You're, you're tied for sixth. You could move up to fifth with just a half game separation, but you're also two games from being completely out. Uh, so uh, it is a dangerous, dangerous game that the Warriors have played throughout the entirety of this season. And now with 15 games to go and the inability to stabilize it all on the road has just left this team. I mean, eight games to go on the road, and it, it's gotten to the point, not just with the result as far as I'm concerned, but it's gotten to the point where you look at, at just the way that this team has played, how non-competitive they've been defensively, and with eight games to go, I start to look around at the schedule and the eight games they have left, and I start thinking to myself, how many of these games are they even capable of winning at this point? I mean, we're almost to the middle of March here in the next couple of days, and by the next time the Warriors are back on the road coming up on, on Wednesday after the next two games at home, how many of these eight are even realistic to expect them to win when you're 7-26 and 26 away from Chase Center with the eight games to go, and the only teams worse than you in the NBA on the road are San Antonio and Houston? Even Detroit, who got beat tonight, 7-26. and 26, The Warriors, 7-26. Uh, and 26. I mean, you have the same road record as the Detroit Pistons at 15-52. and 52, And the Spurs and Rockets, who are two teams also tanking for Victor Wimbayama. I mean, it is ugly, ugly stuff. And I'm, I'm looking at, you know, how are you going to go beat the Clippers on the road? How are you going to go beat Atlanta on the road? How are you going to go beat Dallas on the road? How are you going to go beat Sacramento on the road here? Uh, how are you going to go back in nine nights and beat Memphis when you have to play them for a second time here in a short period of time at FedEx Forum? I, I mean, Houston, is Houston the only road game that, that you can pencil in as maybe a win because the Rockets are right there among the bottom of the NBA at 15 and 51 and the bottom of the the Western Conference. I mean, I'm, I'm almost at a loss, and, and I've, I've stuck up for this team this season, and I've given them the benefit of the doubt through the injuries really that have plagued them the last couple of months and the home road splits. But tonight was just, it was pathetic. And, and it's not like the Grizzlies were running their full complement of players out there either. That team had been in shambles, although they've been like the Warriors, very good at home. And just a really, 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 really poor, disgusting, kind of gutless. I mean, this is the, the, the low-level effort that unfortunately we see too often league-wide. But for us in the Bay Area, we've been lucky that we haven't seen it a lot by comparison. We've seen it a lot this year with this team on the road flat out, and it's hamstringing the Warriors' opportunity here to be taken seriously as we start to look toward, toward them fighting their way to try and even make the playoffs, let alone win a round or multiple rounds or get to an NBA final. So 888-957-9570, hardest-working player of the game is coming up. Secret sauce of the game is coming up as well. But uh, tonight is a night 
for Warrior fans to get on the phone lines and to let her rip a, a little bit and get some of the frustration out if you so choose. And uh, we got a lot of people that are already lined up on the board here at 888-957-9570, Xfinity Mobile text line as well. And uh, we'll get it rolling here. Let's let's start with Mike in Los Angeles getting us tipped off here on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. What's going on tonight, Mike? Uh, I wish it could be much better. I've had better days. A uh, long time Warriors have, well, actually since this uh, 2015 since they started winning. Uh, they really played team basketball, but I just want to say uh, it seems like they're playing you know, with their hair on fire. I don't understand for the life of me when the defensive teams or the offensive team scores on the Warriors. Why are they so eager to take the ball inbound out so in a hurry and they even turn it over under their basket? That's number one. I remember one time Rick Popovich took the whole starters out, including Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, like 30 seconds, not even 30 seconds into the game. And to send a message because they move on assignment, and it just starts with the leader of this team, which is Steve Kerr, and he hasn't shown me anything. I don't know if he's lost in touch with these guys. Uh, it's a different day and age than it was 10, 15 years ago. But man, this is just absolutely pathetic. These turnovers, I always look at two things every game: free throw attempts in a game and turnovers. And the Warriors have been at the bottom of all of those illegally in turnovers, and they get the fewest. I believe they're like a, in the bottom five as far as free throw attempts. So this is just embarrassing. I'm a big-time Warriors fan. I'm in L.A. I've been a season pass. I've been watching every game. All my brothers are Lakers fans. And uh, I'm just very, very frustrated. I think they'd be better off just if they just tank the rest of the season. Thanks, Mike. Well, appreciate the call. You're not you're not going to tank when you're still the sixth seed in the West, and that would get you a playoff series. And you have Steph Curry, who is you know, working his way back into form, but but still looks to be at the height of his power. So so that's not going to happen. Tanking is off the table with 15 games to go when you're the sixth seed. So I don't want to hear anything about tanking uh, here as it pertains to the Warriors. As far as the free throw shooting, I'll address that one real quickly. The Warriors are a three point shooting, jump shooting team, and they've shown in the playoffs they can get to the free throw line at different points of playoff series enough to be able to balance it out in playoff series. But in the regular season, it's just not going to happen. This is a jump-shooting team that doesn't get to the line. There were points tonight where getting to the line actually looked like it was going to save them or at least kept them hanging around in a game where often it felt like they should be down 25 and the margin was anywhere between, say, 7 and about 12 to 14. Uh, and the Warriors ended up tonight 23 of 24 at the free-throw line. As far as the turnovers go, and that really was the, the story of, of this one, once you start to, to dig deep into the, the 48-28 was just – abysmal to begin the game, but then the Warriors come out 21-7 to start the second quarter, and they pull within six at 55-49, and right before the half, they went from 20 to within four in the final four minutes or so of the half, but Grizzlies closed the half on a 20-6 run. There were four consecutive turnovers for the Warriors. Jordan Poole missed a layup with about four minutes left. The Warriors had a shot to cut it to two, and then it was all Memphis going the other way to be down 18, and these were just some of the ugliest, most unforced turnovers you will ever see. And this team just looks so disconnected on the road. So just, you know, so many bad shots that act as turnovers. So many just listless, lifeless defensive possessions in addition to that. And it's just too much to, to overcome uh, for, for this team at this point. And I think they've been so dependent on their ability to coast through extended periods during their dominant run that, you know, they just aren't good enough or deep enough or, or, or talented enough at this point top to bottom to make up for those extended stretches of, of just ugly play. And so it's it's doing them in here on a night in, night out basis. And as far as you know looking at looking at the leadership and all of that, you know, I have a hard time putting tonight on Steph, but I think you could and I don't put tonight on Steph. He was a, a plus two and scored twenty. I think Steph did everything he could. But 
Jordan Poole was bad. Clay Thompson was awful. Dante DiVincenzo was brutal. Like, at, at some point, like, I, I don't necessarily think it's about the coaching. It's more about the players and, and not the role players. It's not the Ty Jeromes. It's not the Jamichael Greens. It's not the Patrick Baldwins. Look at the headliner players when your team doesn't do well. And I'm throwing Steph out. I think Steph was fine tonight. But Jordan Poole, just, just awful. Just, just brutal defensively. Ole defense. Just, just no rotation. Him and DiVincenzo, a couple of times, just no communication at all on a pick and roll, and, and neither guy guards the ball as it as it turns into it. I think it was a Tyus Jones layup. I mean, just ugly, 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 ugly stuff. But you know, this isn't about the minutia. When this team loses in the fashion that they lost tonight, the fashion they've lost these last three games, it is on the premier players. Look at the top of the roster and not at the bottom of the roster. Look at the guys with the champion's blood and what they're bringing to the table and if they're competing hard enough and if their will is where it needs to be to lift the rest of these players up. Don't be giving me Ty Jerome this and Jermichael Green that and, and PBJ and, and, and all of that. Look at the headliners and look at the guys that are the glue guys in addition to the headliners uh, on a lot of these nights. 888-957-9570. Let's keep it rolling here. Ralphie and Berkeley next on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Ralphie. Oh, Rafi. Sorry, Rafi. Rafi. Yeah, what's up, Rafi? Yeah. You know, I was. that's exactly what I wanted to say. You know, I think that, like, looking at the top, to me, I just honestly, I think that guys at the top, you know, they have a desire to win and they have a desire to compete, but it's not like what it once was. And I do think that there's just there comes to a point where the hunger and like the, the burning desire to, to, to truly compete and put it on the line kind of goes away. And that's when you see a lot of guys retire. I mean, you got to give it to LeBron. Like that guy, I'm not a big LeBron fanboy, but that guy lives and dies to compete. And I just don't see that anymore. Like the relentlessness that it takes to compete at that level. And I think it trickles down. And I think that their culture is really hurting because I think it trickles down to the role players and, it's really what I got. It's disappointing, but I think that we're finally seeing them age. And, like, them aging into a sixth seed or the play-in kind of signs about right this year. And I think last year's championship was, you know, a lot of things had to go really right for them to win. I think they were a Western Conference Finals team last year. Really. They won the championship because a lot of things went really right. And them being a sixth seed, they're older and less hungry. And I'll take your comments off the air. But, you know, I don't, I don't actually mind watching them fade out. I think it's, it's part of sports. Yeah, it is part of sports, and thanks for the call, Rafi. I really appreciate it. You touched on it, I think, at the end, there, because I, I don't necessarily think it's it's all about hunger and all about burning desire. I think at times it has been. I also think at times they've had the hunger and they've had the burning desire. Maybe they don't quite have it as consistently as they used to have it, and maybe when they choose to, to go to it to, to try and flip that switch at a different level, they are a little bit older and they just don't have it at that same level to make as much out of it when they do look to, to dig deep, to find it, to, to get on a run in a game or something like that. And I think that's where age is a part of it. And, and you know, mentioning aging into potentially being a, a six seed, it, it does have that feel. I mean, I, I think these last three games with Steph Curry back, by the way, the Warriors are now under 500 in games that Steph Curry has played this season by one game. They are two games over 500 when Steph Curry hasn't played. Explain that to me, and I'm not putting any of the blame on Steph, but I do think it, it addresses and ties together the disconnect between the championship core players and the way that they want and demand the rest of this roster to play and a standard that I think a good chunk of the rest of the roster is unable to attain. And at that point, 
there's just a lack of connectivity between between the two that I think shows in the communication defensively and in the inability to execute the scheme in the way that this team wants to play offense by shooting so many threes and and you know Jordan Poole's got to get his offense a certain way that's different and and Clay Thompson you know all of a sudden is a lot less impactful and and the numbers dictate that that Clay and Jordan Poole don't play very well when they're on the floor together at the same time and then that becomes problematic and you know Steph's going to do everything he can to try and keep the Warriors in it, and, and, and you know, the bench pieces just haven't fit at the level. And, and I do think that you add it all up, and there has been a little bit of, a, of an age component as well where there have been a lot of times this year where it's felt like, all right, it's go time, and the Warriors have sort of reached back and tried to find it, and it just hasn't been there. And I think that's been as telling as all of the other stuff that, that we try to look at and analyze and, and at times overanalyze here on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Let's go to uh, Armand in San Jose. What's going on, Armand? I'm J.D. Let's keep this honest. Hey, let's keep this honest, J.D. This team act like they half-ass want to play together when they're on the road. When I look at them, I'm looking at the body language. We get down way too big, too early. Everybody want to avoid talking about this. I don't care about no age because you mean to tell me you're so old that the first two minutes you already tired, they're getting down early in these games, particularly on the road. And you can't keep coming back or being down 15 points, 20 points, in the first eight, nine-something minutes. You spend all that energy trying to come back, and when the time, by the time you come back, you what, tired? You don't have enough. But if you look at what happens, they make a critical turnover. They did it against OKC. Draymond Green tried to throw some dumb alley-oop to Jonathan Kaminga when he was covered, when we were at 80 to 76. They went down for a score, made it 80-78. Next thing you know, they got the lead. There are a lot of dumb things that we do. I'm not giving them no excuse with no age. There's a lot of stupid things they do, like, for instance, Clay Thompson. The ball is going out of bounds. He did not hustle after the ball, and Dylan Brooks did. That is on Clay Thompson. Steph Curry throwing a pass inbound to what, Clay Thompson not even looking, and they got another steal. They ain't got nothing to do with age. They're they doing stupid stuff. How can we sit up here and talk about the young guys and the role players being accountable and not making mistakes when the veteran, this core three, the championship core, with all this championship DNA that somehow all of a sudden don't know how to do nothing on the road. They are leading by example poorly. At the end of the day, this team has been playing uphill since that punch. It's always been something. They had that, then they got over it. Then they have to talk to Clay Thompson and have a covenant Jesus moment because he's shooting too much like somebody at the Y you don't want to play with. Then there's other stuff going on. Then they got to talk to Jordan Poole. Then guys get hurt. Then they come back. Then guys get hurt. Al Wiggins is out. We don't know what's going on with him. Then Jonathan Kaminga, he's slipping and falling and scrubbing like uh, Kevin Durant in practice. It's always something. At the end of the day, this team has had a hard time keeping its head above water all season. And the veterans are a part of it. And I think you can blame the coach. What one thing has Steve Kerr done all year that made you say, that was great for a consistent period of time? They can all get it. That goes for Joe Lacob, Bob Myers, Steve Kerr, and yes. People need to start blaming Steph Curry more out here. I know he's a golden boy, and everybody loves him, and he's so lovable and all this stuff. But it's time to stop. Because if this was LeBron James, everybody would be going after him. If it's James Harden, Westbrook, everybody go after him. No, it's time to start going at the top dogs on this team. Don't just go at Draymond. And, yeah, Clay Thompson needs to be called out more, too. Because when he did what he did, that was absolutely disgusting. I'm sitting up there looking at get the ball, Clay. Why are you half-assed walking towards the ball against a rival? And you got that little... I don't want to say that, but Dylan Brooks going after yeah. it. He out-hustled you for a ball that you should have had. This is a guy you're supposed to hate. Draymond Green was just clowning him. Where was the pride? I didn't see none of that. So whenever they go on the road, I'm not seeing pride enough. I ain't blaming age. I ain't doing nothing. I'm blaming a half-assed effort, and they need to get it together. They probably won't. And even if we did get GP2 and Wiggins back, 
how can we guarantee it will be good enough? They have not shown us nothing all season long. We're about 68 whatever games into the season, and we still got people saying, oh, yeah, we're supposed to come back. We don't even know if they're coming back. And if they do, what makes you think that we're going to win? Because we had Wiggins and Steph playing, and we still wasn't winning good enough. Thanks, Armand. Great, great stuff. 888-957-9570. Yeah, a lot to get to off of what Armand had to say, and that, that's more than fair in my book. If, if you want, and, and Clay, I, I, to me, the Clay play where he lets the ball go and Dylan Brooks grabs it and, and takes it the other way, that, that was one of the worst plays, if not the worst play of the entire night. And, and so, yeah, there's no doubt, and, and the effort hasn't consistently been there. And when you look at, at the veterans, I think you have to look at them first. There's no doubt about it. As far as Steve Kerr, well, he, he did something tonight. You, you asked me, well, what did Steve Kerr do well? Uh, you know, what move has he made? He, he made a move tonight that didn't work, and he acknowledged uh, post-game, and we'll play it for you as we always do, with the four-guard lineup to start the game tonight, and the Warriors going with Steph and Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Dante DiVincenzo, and, and Draymond Green, that he got a little too cute with, with that lineup, and that lineup was horrendous in, in the game tonight. I mean, it was brutal in that game tonight uh both at the beginning of the game as the Warriors quickly got down 12 and at the end of the first half basically and I'm I'm estimating here basically a minus 25 that group in in a game that you end up losing by 21 and you trail by as as many as 23 over those two stretches of game right off the top and to close that 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 first half and so the four guard lineup didn't work. I think part of that was maybe that Kevon Looney's been a little bit banged up. He ends up only playing 19 tonight. I think part of it was trying to play your best players the, the best that, that you could uh, because you're shorthanded without Kaminga. And you just, at some point, you say, you know what, I got to play my five, six best players and roll it out, you know, and, and just hope that, that that's good enough against a Memphis team that's shorthanded. Didn't work tonight. And then as far as the, the slow starts go, I mean, five of the last six games for the Warriors as far as the slow starts go. 48-28 tonight at Memphis. That's the worst of them all. 48-28 at the end of one. Basically an even game after that. I, I hate it when, when people say that, but you do the math on it. It was really true. But you're down 20 at the end of the first quarter. You're toast. 40-30 at OKC. 33-18 into the first quarter at the Lakers. 35-21 at Chase in a game you come back and win against the Pelicans. And then the Clippers game was, I think, a one-point game. Uh, so you throw that. That's the one outlier in the last six. And then 41-27 Portland had the lead on you. So three times in the last six games, the Warriors have given up 40 or more. They give up 48 tonight. I mean, that's just that's just abysmal. You're not going to beat anybody in the NBA giving up 40 a night in the first quarter, and that's basically what the Warriors have done here over the course of the last week, week plus. 888 888-957-957-0. 888-957-9570. Let's get Nick in San Jose next year on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. What's going on tonight, Nick? Hey, JT, I, I love your encyclopedia knowledge and just your passion. But i got to tell you, man, you know, Lakeup needs to pay Myers top dollar because Kerr ain't going to be back if Myers ain't back. They're a, they're a marriage together. Uh, you know, I don't understand why Kerr just doesn't light into these guys during the game, including the big three, because the starts of the game are squarely on our, on our pillar players. Um, but with that said, you know, I coach at the high school and community college level. If you just watch Jordan Poole play defense, he is not a winning player. He's just not a winning player. And he's talented offensively, but he doesn't fit us. He's too dribble ball dominant. I'm serious. You need to get rid of this guy. Curry throwing his mouthpiece because of Poole. Draymond punching him. Poole's in it. Clay upset with Poole. Poole's in all of this. He is not a winning player. 
I don't expect us to get anything more than a seven or eight seed. It's going to be very difficult for us. Uh, I hope Andrew Wiggins is fine, but it's completely disrespectful to the fans that we don't have an idea what's going on with him. It is just, it, I've never seen anything like this in sports. Uh, time is my most precious resource. I am so disgusted with this team tonight. And you know what? I love Curry, but they're 0-3 with Curry back. I mean, what is going on, JT? I mean, can you tell me just three things? Don't you think we should ship pull out? Does he really fit us? Number two, why are we 0-3 with Steph Curry back in the game? And why in the hell don't they respect us enough to give us some sort of inclination with Andrew Wiggins? Can you please answer those three questions for me? I am just Absolutely. I'll do, it. I'll do it the best I can here on 95-7, the game. And, yeah, you, you look at the, the Warriors now, a game under 500 with Steph. They're 20 and, and 21 with Steph after going 14 and 12 and 26 games without him. And I, I think it's just not a cohesive group. I think you know Steph plays the way that he plays, and I think you have Clay able to be less free offensively. And I think Clay needs a little bit more runway to take a few more shots that, that he just wants to take and, and needs a little more runway to play poorly or shoot it poorly and know that he's going to get more attempts to try and level it out. I think he kind of needs that. The Clay with pool lineups have been a disaster both ways. Uh, you know, pool plays fine with Steph. Pool plays fine with Clay. Uh, pool plays fine, uh, you know, when he's on the floor without either one of them. But when it's him and Clay on the floor together, it's it's a big time problem. As far as Wiggins, I mean, look, it, it's a personal issue. I do think we're going to find out what's going on at 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 the point at which he comes back. And a week ago, Bob Myers was on ninety five seven the game, and you know, Guru had asked him, you know, is this something where you think he's out for the rest of the year? And and you know, Bob fr- very frankly said he didn't think this is something where he's out for the for the rest of the year, but. You know, the clock is ticking. You want to be respectful as far as a personal situation goes because nobody knows what, what type of issue it is. And so I'm, I'm always going to lean toward you know, being respectful to the person in, in that regard. And so you know, I do think something will either leak out or there will be a report as to, as to what it was at some point. But the Warriors have been as private about that as they've been about any situation that's, that's happened with regard to them since I've covered the team, which goes all the way back to 2011, 2012. And as far as Poole, I do think the Warriors in the offseason are going to look to move him, or they're going to have to come up with some complementary players, some defensive complementary players that can be on the floor to allow him to be hidden. And I think they had that last year to a greater extent than they do this year with GP2 and others. There were some different combinations that they could put on the floor, and, and it was okay to where he could be a defensive liability and it wasn't going to completely wreck the game for you. There's just too many combinations this year without enough quality defenders. I mean, that, that is part of the problem and it's not to absolve Poole, who's been terrible defensively, but this team does not have enough good defensive players. Clay Thompson's not the defensive player he used to be. You know, Steph is you know, a little bit banged up and concerned with, with his offense. I think he's probably, you know, among Steph and, and Clay and, and Poole, Steph's the best one of the three you know, at this point, Wiggins hasn't either been around or been himself defensively. And then you don't have a Gary Payton the second among others that, that can help this team defensively. So I think when you look at it, it's just, you know, this team not quite having the pieces that fit together the best way they possibly can. And I think that's also part of why they haven't been good with Curry, good enough with Curry this season. And yeah, 14 and 12 without Curry, 20 and 21 with Curry. And again, I'm not putting it on Curry, but it's the way that they play and the way that this roster is built. I've, I've said it. I think the Warriors roster was built in many ways better this season than it's been in recent memory to withstand the loss of Steph Curry over a certain period of time in a season. 
But I think it's also maybe one of the poor constructed rosters as far as everything that you need to have around Steph Curry to be able to maximize the team that you have. Also an aging team that, that wanted to be able to coast a little bit and with some younger players that, that probably aren't quite at the level where they could contribute as much as you believed as a franchise that they would be able to contribute at the, the beginning of the season. Because I think that is where this whole thing went haywire. The Warriors truly believed they had young players that could be rotation players. And Wiseman and Moody in the first 10 games showed that they couldn't be. And Kaminga, frankly, did as well. But then Kaminga worked his way back in over the course of the season to where in, in a more limited role he could, on certain nights, expand that role outward. Uh, but you know th- this, this roster was just not quite constructed as adeptly as it was a year ago. I think that's a, well, Dutch AD, no, no, no kidding. But I, I do think it's something that, that, that shouldn't go unpointed out as we try and dissect you know, why this team is where they are. And, and look, there's no, there's no one answer. There's a bunch of different answers as to why this team is where they are at this point uh, in the season now with 15 games to go and, and tied for sixth and lucky to be tied for sixth. I, I was doing some, some number crunching the other night after the Oklahoma City game. And I was just looking at the difference between you know, the two seed this year. So Memphis currently is the two seed, 39 and 26. The Kings are right on their heels. The two seed this year would be the seventh seed last year. The, the, the Grizzlies and the Kings basically are the same team as the Timberwolves from last year, who were the seventh seed, and, and we're in the play-in tournament. But because everybody else is so much worse, that's allowed that record that would have been the seventh seed last year to be the two seed this year. The Warriors wouldn't be the, – the Warriors would be tenth right now. And, and clinging to 10th and hoping they could be 10th. Now, the last team in the playing tournament to win a couple of road games, which, by the way, they probably wouldn't be able to do when you look at their overall road record. Uh, and and you know, so they're lucky in a big way, the Warriors are, that they're one game over 500 and that they're one game over 500 is still in a position where if they can somehow cobble this thing together as bleak as it looks right now and as bleak as it's looked every time they've been on the road, that they still can be, I think, as high as fifth. When it's all said and done, I mean, that's not off the table as much as it, it looks extremely unlikely uh, with the way things are going right now. All right, 888-957-9570. We've got full phone lines. It's John Dickinson here, Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Let's pause here for our top-of-the-hour ID, and then we'll get right back to the phones. We'll keep it rolling commercial-free here on 95.7 The Game. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM in HD1 San Francisco. Always live on Twitch, YouTube, and the free Odyssey app. All right, to appreciate that from Steve Kerr. It is 8 o'clock here on 95.7 The Game. Grizzlies 131, Warriors 110. As the Warriors now fall to 34 and 33, they're tied for sixth with Minnesota and Dallas in the Western Conference playoff race. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Let's uh, keep it rolling here on 95.7 The Game. Let's get to Al in Alameda next. What's going on, Al? Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast hey i gave it uh, thank you for taking my call hey listen um, i know a lot of upset um, fans out there about the last three games here you know um trying to kind of needing to curry all that you know and three comeback but uh Let's put it this way. When we won five in a row, we were not crying this loud, okay? I know, I know Curry, he's doing his thing, but something is not, is not clicking properly there. Okay, I know he's kind of throwing uh, the chemistry there. We him in there, no defense. And also, you got to remember, putting uh, uh, a... I was there, he slows down again. I was watching him most of the time. This guy cannot run anymore. He's holding his shorts. After he went back and forth, I see him in a free throw line. He's just holding his shorts like he's gassing. He cannot play in mom's serious. Uh, he, he is not to play over there anymore. Okay, and second, we, um, Memphis had five air ball. Out of those five air ball shots they did, we didn't even get one rebound out of those. One rebound. They all got those five air ball. What's the rebounder? And our defense really, really, really slacking right now. That's, that's the bottom line is our defense. We know how to come back. We did it so many times now. And tonight we did it two times again, down by 20, and down by 12, we came back. And then we lose it. It's a defense. Yeah, I remember we used to do that back then. You know, we'll come back and just clamp. We're just missing two pieces. Maybe GP2 when he comes back. Uh, and then Wiggins back in there. I kind of miss Otto Porter. Okay, somebody's got to take his spot there. Um, um, the lamb. We need the lamb somehow. We need that big wow. body. Down Thanks, Al. You know what? I'm going to jump in on that. We got Warrior fans clamoring for Anthony Lamb now on, on Warriors wrap-up. And, yeah, I, to be perfectly honest, I think the Warriors have missed Anthony Lamb the last two games, especially tonight when Kaminga is unable to play. And Warrior fans that wanted a heavy dose of Patrick Baldwin Jr., uh, two of eight, one of six from three, got pushed around on the boards tonight. 
And so you're, you know, tonight was just, a, and I like Patrick Baldwin as much as anybody. I think he can shoot it, and, and and there are some nights where I think he could probably contribute to this Warriors team. But Patrick Baldwin Jr. showed you, and I think he showed you a little bit more the more time he's gotten that you know what, he, ain't, he ain't quite ready yet, and that's okay because he's in his rookie season and he was a draft pick in the in the 20s, and most draft picks in the 20s in their rookie season aren't able to contribute. So I'm not crushing Patrick Baldwin Jr. as much as I'm crushing the fans that think he should be out there and, and playing uh, regular minutes on a night-in, night-out basis. Uh, let's get to the Andre Iguodala uh, rat on the table. This team's not good enough for Andre Iguodala to play 15, 17 minutes and be a plus four and have him be 0 for 3 with uh, a couple assists and a couple turnovers. and like, like This team's just not talented enough for the for the 2018 Iguodala, you know, didn't really do much, but you look up and, wow, they were plus four when, when he was out there tonight. And, and yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think he was gassed. Uh, he was gassed, I think, the first run he went up the floor on Sunday afternoon down in Los Angeles. And so, you know, Iguodala is the kind of guy that I think at this point, he's not helping this team as they're currently constituted. Can Iguodala help the Warriors when Steph and Clay and Wiggins and Draymond and Looney are all starting and Poole and DiVincenzo are coming off the bench. and you know, can, can he help at that point? Can he help when Gary Payton II is the eighth man and maybe Iguodala's the ninth man and maybe Kaminga's the tenth man? Yeah, Iguodala, Iguodala ain't helping anybody unless the other seven, eight players on the roster ahead of him are all playing and all in their proper spots. Like, Iguodala ain't elevating a, a mediocre squad playing without multiple rotation players in front of him on the depth chart. That, that's just the reality. Of, of Andre Iguodala at this stage. And, and I, I, you know what? Warrior fans that want to be frustrated about Andre Iguodala and him basically being a, a, a nothing for this team this season, I got no problem with that one. And you know what? The Warriors, they got exactly what they've asked for from Andre Iguodala this year. And maybe they wind up getting the last laugh on it. Maybe they wind up you know, with him being a, a contributing factor in, in a playoff run. And at that point, I'll say, you know what? I got it wrong and you got it right. But the truth of the situation as it relates to Iguodala now is the rest of this team isn't good enough for him to, to, to come in and do what he does and have it be impactful. The guy looks like he can't make a three. He, he looks gassed. And, yeah, he can still move the basketball. He can still come up with a, a, a gutsy, you know, high IQ steal here and there. But none of that holds up if the rest of this team isn't, isn't put together and playing at a much higher level. Miles in the marina next on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Miles? Hey, John. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate it. You kind of took a little bit of my thunder there with Andre Iguodala, but aside from that, I think there's a lack of accountability that Steve Kerr is holding these guys to for the carelessness of the turnovers. Steph Curry and Jordan Poole drive me crazy with careless passes, dribbling it off their foot, throwing it to when Clay's turning around and running down the court. And, you know, that's six or eight turnovers each game. It wasn't just tonight. And then, of course, Speaker likes to say, oh, well, we play with a certain element of, you know, uh, looseness or, you know, uh, happy-go-lucky a little bit. But there is too much of that. That has gone too far by the wayside with that. And the lack of accountability, they think they can just, you know, throw careless passes left and right and kill us. So I'd like to see Kerr, see Kerr do more on that. And in closing, you know, J.D., I know you're a baseball guy, the Giants, held on to their studs for too long, and it really bit them down the line. And I have it just, I see a parallel with holding on to the core for the Warriors and past this prime. So thank you so much, J.D. Yeah, appreciate it. I do think it's fair on the last note to you know, keep your, your older players together for the year after you win the championship. And, and I get where you're coming from. 
but you know they won last year. It hasn't even been it was nine, hadn't even been nine months quite yet on the calendar. And so I, I think I hear you on that, but they won last year. So and and, and it doesn't look like they're going to win it this year, obviously. And if they don't ultimately win it this year, then I think it's absolutely a fair question to assess. All right, can this core group do it again? Do you have to look to make some moves and, and change it up? Uh, I saw Tim Calcomi, the athletic, tweet something tonight. Uh, I think responding to to one of his. Uh, followers that you know said something about uh, the trade in Jordan Poole, and I know we had a call earlier. I addressed about Jordan Poole, and, and I think the Warriors could look to move. I mean, Tim had said, "Hey, Warriors don't win the title. That anybody and everybody could potentially be expendable and 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 or you know on the market, and, you know, except for Curry." And, and I think that isn't that crazy to think. I mean, Draymond, what does he opt out? If he doesn't opt out, do the Warriors trade him? Do the Warriors agree to a, I'm going to opt in, and then you're going to trade somewhere else, and then maybe he gets an extension somewhere else? Do they look to trade Jordan Poole now that Jordan Poole is going to be a $30 million player and you're able to get a, a, a players making that salary back? You know, would they dare do something with Clay Thompson? You know, I don't think they would, but how this season ends over the last 15 games plus playing tournament and or playoffs is going to go a long way toward determining that. As far as what Miles brought up on the lack of accountability – there is, a, 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 I think, an accountability vacuum for, for the Warriors with turnovers because of the style of play and because they've been able to also play so well that they could withstand a lot of the turnovers. And I think because over the years the turnovers were part of their style and their style is what made them great, there was never really a true accountability for the turnovers. And now the same types of turnovers pop up and pop up frequently, but now this team just isn't good enough to go on these incredible, amazing, dominant runs to where we all kind of laugh at the turnovers, and the turnovers become a small little subhead in the storyline of an individual night or, or a couple of games. It, now the Warriors have three, four turnovers in a row, and they lose a game because of it. In the past, the Warriors would have three or four turnovers in a row, and then they'd go on a 30-5 to five run at some point, and they'd win the game go, you know, going away in the final four minutes, and we'd all be talking about how they dominated and came back and won the game in the final four minutes, and it would be, oh, yeah, you know what, they got to work on their turnovers. Uh, but, but So it just becomes kind of an afterthought, and I think that in large part created an accountability vacuum for this team to where it's almost too far gone to correct with this current group because so many parts of this current group were here when – it didn't matter, and they could just overcome it because they were more talented than uh, a lot of these other uh, teams on a night-in, night-out basis. 888-957-9570. All right, let's get to the secret sauce of the game before we get back to the phones. Chris, Adrian, Charlie, I'm coming for you here in just a second. We're going commercial-free all the way up until 8.30 here on Warriors Wrap-Up. But the secret sauce of the game, why did the Warriors win or lose? What was the deciding factor? And uh, tonight's secret sauce, point-blank, bottom line, first quarter. Uh, you get beat tonight because you give up 48 points in the first quarter to a Memphis team playing without multiple starters. It just flat out cannot happen. Uh, the Grizzlies come out hot early. They go for 48 points. They're knocking down threes. The Warriors on the road have been allowing opponents to shoot over 40% from three for the season. And the Warriors got smoked flat out. Uh, highest scoring first quarter for the Grizzlies this season. The four-guard lineup didn't work. Uh, I, I thought the Warriors were trying to you know, come up with playing five of their best six players right off the top, trying to get the pace of the game going, use the Grizzly size against them. It didn't work. Grizzly started five of six from three. It was 21-8 before the chairs were warm inside FedEx Forum. And, yeah, 10-2, 13-4, 18-6, The Warriors down 48-28 at the end of the first quarter. And it was ugly. It was absolutely ugly. And the secret sauce uh, tonight is a simple one. Uh, you can't give up. 
48. The Warriors have given up 40 or more in the last three of the last six first quarters. That's the secret sauce of the game. Brought to you by Proposition Chicken. Fried, flipped, fake. This chicken goes three ways. Now available in eight Bay Area locations with the newest one being in Novato. That your secret sauce of the game for tonight. 888-957-9570. Let's get back to the phones. And that is Adrian in Danville next on Warriors Wrap Up here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Adrian? Adrian. Well, hey, how you doing? I just, like, really frustrated at the game tonight. And I just, you know, it doesn't, like, you know, uh, Curry makes, you know, stupid mistakes, plays. I mean, they all, they all just not, you know, think, I don't know what's wrong. And then, you know, uh, the coach also, he, he's, like, making not very good decisions also. And, I don't really have very much faith in them going forward. The only thing I hope is that Kaminga and, uh, I mean, Kaminga, excuse me, um, you know, what's his name, uh, Wiggins and JP come back and maybe they will have a chance. But right now, they're just way out of sync. Yep, that, no doubt. They are out of sync. Thanks, Adrian. Appreciate the call. Uh, I mean, at some point, you know, they got to get healthy, but. You know, getting healthy isn't going to save it either. <laughs> you know, I, I saw friend Mark Willard tweeted out, you know, the Warriors have become the, the, the you-don't-want-to-play team as opposed to a team that, that is a more legitimate threat. And I, I'm not quite there yet as far as them being nothing more than a you-don't-want-to-play team. I still think, given the fact that they are where they are, if they can get on some kind of a run at the end here, even though it doesn't look like it with eight road games to go, I mean, what's the, what's the best-case scenario for the Warriors on the road here over the last eight games? Two and six? One and seven? I mean, what seriously, what is the best-case scenario for the Warriors? And if, and if you're only going to win one more road game and you've got seven home, you know, you're going to go five and two and then two and six, you know, a home, home road split the rest of the way. Well, if you go five and two and two and six, you know, at this point, you're, you're 41 and 41. I mean, that, that gets you to 41 and 41, and 41 and 41 is who knows where that is. That, that might put you anywhere between seven and, and ten at, at that point. Uh, 888-957-9570. Chris in Oakland next here on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, Chris? J.D., what's up, man? Um, yeah, you know, you, you have brought up – I wanted to talk about the upcoming schedule. I believe they got 11 games. I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, six of them are at home. Five of them are, are away. And, um, and, yeah, you know, losing to Memphis all, all, any day, is, is, it sucks. So I get the frustration. Um, and the slow starts the last few games – I mean, giving up 41, and then they gave up 40 the last game in the first, and I believe the Lakers, they gave up like 33. Uh, these slow starts are killing us. And that margin of error is basically little to nothing. That, the good thing is is that they're coming back home. Now they're coming back home, and they're playing against Milwaukee and Phoenix next. KD's out. Hopefully we get the next one or two. Um, I think we'll be in good shape. As long as we finish 500 or one game over 500, I think we're, we're shooting for that sixth spot. And, um, and then, yeah, see how the cards play out from there, man. Thanks for taking my call. Well, I, I don't know about a shoe-in, but as you look at it, the, the Dallas game that the Warriors play in Dallas coming up here, it's two weeks from last night on the 22nd. That's on the five-game road trip. The, the next two are at Chase. But, yeah, you're playing Phoenix, who's not going to have Kevin Durant, by the way. Kevin Durant with the ankle slip. He rolled his ankle, slipped during the warm-up, and it broke right at the start of the Warriors game. Durant is going to miss the next two weeks at least. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. So the Suns have gotten on a roll. They've won four in a row, including their first three with Durant. And he was set to make his home debut last night uh, for the Suns against Oklahoma City. And he ended up not playing in that game. They evaluated him today. And today the announcement was Durant will be out for the next two weeks. So the Warriors will miss Durant when the Suns come in on Monday. 
Uh, the Bucks are in chase for an ABC Saturday Night Showcase game on Saturday. And that, you know, again, you're back home, and the Warriors have been awesome at home this year and 27-7, and seven, but you're playing two of the best and hottest teams in the NBA at this point. I mean, you've got the Bucks, who have won 18 of the last 19, and you've got the Suns, who are winners of four in a row, and they've been playing really well really for about a month or a month and a half before they even made the trade to get Durant. They were starting to get on a little bit of a roll. So two of the more difficult home games you have left on the schedule. I don't know about a shoe in for sixth. I, I will say that. Uh, the Warriors do, thankfully for them, as you look at the tiebreaker over Minnesota, and it's 6-7 right now with the Warriors 6 and Timberwolves 7. The Warriors have taken two out of three against Minnesota. They won early in the year in a Sunday afternoon game that nobody was paying attention to because the 49ers were playing. And they won that game, and I think they put 47 on the board in the first quarter of that game in Minnesota. And that's the difference right now. And the tiebreaker is that game and the game that the Warriors won last week and, and come from behind fashion. So, if And they play the Timberwolves again at Chase at the end of March. And so the Warriors have a shot to get that, which would help them. They go to Dallas, and the Warriors only played Dallas three times this year, and they have split the first two, the third games in Dallas. So that's a huge game. That game will determine the tiebreaker between the Warriors and the Mavs if they wind up tied, and it's a road game. So that not looking quite as good, although Luka Doncic is uh, banged up now and, and going to be out for a stretch. And, and so, yeah, shoe in I don't know about that. And now, by the way, you got the Lakers lurking. Without LeBron James, a game and a half behind the Warriors. The Pelicans still a game and a half behind the Warriors. Warriors play the Pelicans one more time. They're done with the Lakers but don't have the tiebreaker. They play the Pelicans one more time in chase. And that season series is a 2-1 Pelicans advantage. The Warriors would need to win the finale. And then the conference record is, is pretty tight there as far as what the tiebreaker would be, assuming those teams split. But uh, the Pelicans without Zion appear to, at least at this point, be a little bit less of a threat. 8 at 8 Let's get to the hardest working player of the game. The hardest working player of the game is brought to you by AC Transit. Brooks bogling for three. Missed it. Curry hustles to the rebound. Right in front of the Grizzly bench. Takes it across midcourt. Curry waiting. Left-hand dribble drive goes all the way. It gets to the right side and scores! Boy, he can find a little crease, can't he? My goodness. <laughs> he went by three defenders on the same play. Yeah, Tim and Jim on the call. Tim Roy and Jim Barnett. It, it's hard to find a Warriors player that played well tonight other than Steph Curry. Uh, I think you, know, you could make a case for Draymond, although he had five turnovers. Uh, but no, it's, it's Steph Curry trying to keep the Warriors in it. And there were a couple of times in this game where it looked like, hey, the Warriors are down seven. They got action in this game. And, and, and there were just not enough defensive stops, poor, poor turnovers, some bad shots, the same things that have done the Warriors in all year long. But yeah, Steph, really, as you look at the box score, he's the one guy that, that came close to keeping the Warriors afloat in this one. He is your hardest worker of the game, which is brought to you by AC Transit. AC Transit looking for hard workers and offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey-level mechanics to join their team. For more complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. John Dickinson here on Warriors Wrap-Up, a 95-7 the game. Grizzlies beat the Dubs, 131-110. to As Draymond Green uh, downplaying the Grizzlies rivalry postgame a little bit. You had Dylan Brooks getting the jump on uh, Draymond as far as answering back, trying to potentially clap back tonight against Draymond, although it was a it, it was a pedestrian effort, I think, by Dylan Brooks. Uh, Dylan Brooks saying, uh, you should give the mic to Draymond, make him keep talking about me so I can play better, keep doing his podcast, keep blogging, keep doing his thing off the court. It's cute. It's fun. Uh, you could tell Dylan Brooks didn't really put a lot of time in 
thinking about how he wanted to respond to that. But, uh, yeah, Grizzlies and Warriors going toe-to-toe. Obviously, the Grizzlies have that chip on their shoulder against the Warriors. The Warriors have to ramp it up and find it against them. And kind of an eye roll, really, for me both ways tonight. I mean, if you're the Warriors, you obviously have the championship clout, but and the Grizzlies have not done anything close to the level the Warriors have been on, so I get it if it's an eye roll on the Warriors side of things as to the Grizzlies running their mouth, especially with their franchise currently in shambles at the tune that it is with John Morant and everything going on there. But at the same time, the Warriors right now are a shadow of their prior selves. So, you know what, keep your mouth shut and you know fight on to the next play onward and, and upward uh, and, and, and try to earn a spot worthy of a, of a defending champion. Uh, and they've just not been able to do that without poorly they've played on the road. All right, a couple of calls here before we call it a night. Uh, we got Charlie. We got a couple of Charlies here to finish the job on Warriors wrap-up as we go one full hour commercial-free here on 95.7 The Game. Charlie in San Francisco is the first of the two Charlies, but uh, Charlie in New York, you're coming up next. What do you got, Charlie? Hello? Hey, hey what's on your mind tonight? Uh, I just wanted to say, you know what I'm saying, I understand why everybody is frustrated. You know, he's got to calm down, you know, just calm down. We got four championships. We got four championships, you know. So, and then I keep hearing trade Jordan Poole, trade Jordan Poole. He's only 23 years old. He's only 23 years old. Let's let him grow because he is capable of winning the championship. We seen that last year. We seen that last year in uh, – I just, that's all I want to say. I just want to say, y'all calm down, man. Have faith in our team. If we don't win it this year, next year we will win it because I'm, they're going to surround us with a better core, a better team, a better team surrounding our like what we had last year, more veterans and leadership. All right, Charlie, thanks for the call, man. Charlie, telling everybody to, to calm it down. And look, yeah, you can't – this year doesn't take anything away from anything that the Warriors have accomplished. It just means that this year this team isn't quite good enough, and it looks as if this team is not going to be quite good enough this year. But – they still are, luckily for them, in a position where they can make a run at the end and change the conversation completely, but it's going to take a better performance on the road. All right, Charlie in New York City is going to get the final word here tonight on Warriors wrap-up. What's up, Charlie? Hey. just Oh, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. Charlie, Charlie. All right, Charlie. We got to let you go, brother. Uh, had a it got get disconnected there. Choppy connection. Charlie, we'll catch up with you tomorrow, or maybe on Saturday on on Warriors this week uh, here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, tremendous participation tonight. Really grateful for everyone on the Xfinity Mobile text line, on the phone lines. We had lit phone lines for the last hour. It was great. A lot of passionate Warrior fans reacting to this one as the Dubs fall to the Grizzlies and dip now to 34 and 33. Uh, That'll do it for tonight. Thanks to Sterling Bennett and everybody in our San Francisco studios. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. I will be back with you tomorrow. I'm going to be filling in for Guru on Steiny and Guru from 12 until 3. So join me with Steiny at 12. We'll be talking about the Warriors with, obviously, the 15 games to go. And then Warriors this week is back on Saturday. Join me in my, and uh, Whitey Gleason, 10 to 1 here on 95.7 The Game Saturday. And then Warriors Live for the Warriors and the Bucks coming up at 4.30 from Chase Saturday afternoon. Warriors and the Bucks here, battle of the last two champions in the NBA over the last two years. Should be a good one, and the Warriors are back at home where they have played much better basketball. Fox Sports Radio is coming your way next. Keep it locked right here in your home for Warriors basketball as the Dubs get beat by the Grizzlies 131-110, to and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 